gathered today because you've called us in your name. You have brought us here by your Spirit for the purpose of making your name and glory known. And so we ask that you would do that today in us through our time together, through our time in the Word. We seek to do your will. Teach us to enter your kingdom. In the name of your Son, Jesus, we pray. Amen. We are going to be late. I'm almost ready. Just hold on. It's time to go. Okay, there. I just wanted to make sure I was completely ready. Finally. Wait, where are you going? You see that big gate over there? Yes. The one that everyone is walking through? Uh, yeah. Well, that's where we're going. That's the way to heaven. Um, are you sure? Well, (laughs) I mean, I think so. Well, how do you know? Well, I mean, look, everybody's going. I mean, it is popular. <laughs> um, uh, so? So, uh, I mean, that many people can't be wrong. I mean, it is popular. It's all about popular. <laughs> um, I'm not sure. Uh, look, now, now come on. You see that person over there? Oh, the old man? No. No, look. Oh, the college professor. No. The old lady that used to teach my Bible school class? No, no, no. No, over there, look. Oh, isn't that the famous pastor that wrote all his books? (laughs) Exactly, yes. Him. I mean, if he is going that way, I mean, that has to be the right path, right? Um, I mean, come on. Come on, you're coming with me, right? Uh, I'm not sure. I think I'm going to go through that gate. (laughs) Um, Seriously? Yeah, what's wrong with that direction? (laughs) There aren't that many people going that way. Uh, So? And um, that way looks, looks really hard. How so? Well, check it out. There's a lot of really big rocks to climb over. Um, is that a bad thing? Well, <laughs> not exactly, but look over here. This way is really smooth, and there aren't any obstacles this way, and that walk looks really, really easy. <laughs> and I'm not sure, but I think I saw a little girl over there eating Oreos. <laughs> And I think they're double-stuffed Oreos. I really like Oreos. Um, I think heaven is that way, though. But that way is really difficult. And um, the the walk is really, really long and and steep. And and those hill climbs really get me tired. I think that I'd like to go the really easy downhill way into the big, big gate. (laughs) But if that's the right way, what does it matter? This isn't something you really want to mess up. Well, oh, that gate looks really, really narrow. 
Is Nero bad? Dude, did you see that guy? He had to turn sideways to even get in. I don't think God said anything about it being easy, though. Oh, did you just see who just went through the gate? No. Oh, man. That, that's a really, really uh, famous movie star. You know, the one that we saw in the movies the other day? You know, I mean, he, he said, I think I remember him saying that he believed in God one time. He did. He said he believed in God. And, um, and if he believes in God, and look, he just strolled right through really easily and quickly. And, you know, I think that... That should be the way we should go. Don't you want to come? Let's go this way. Because he did believe, he did say he believed in God. Um, listen, I've got my guidebook here, and it gives specific instructions on where to go and what to look out for. And I know without a doubt that Jesus is on the other side of that gate. Oh. Really? Yeah, do you have your guidebook? Oh. Well, <laughs> um... I'm sure having my really bright gold Jesus bag here um, somewhere. Um, I just don't know exactly where it is right now. I just really haven't seen it in a really long time. It's okay. i got to follow my guidebook, though. I know I might have to climb over some rocks or maybe slide in sideways, but I read it, and it's clear that God wants me to go through that gate. Oh, but did you see who that is? That's that guy that performs miracles. I saw him cast out a demon one time. I mean, if he's going that way, I know he knows the way to Jesus. The way to Jesus. I know that. Okay, listen, I'm headed out. I've read what I can, and I know that God is telling me to go through that one. Just read your guidebook. It'll tell you what to do. But that's hard. I mean, first, I actually got to find it. Then I'm going to have to open it. Then I'll actually have to read it. I mean, I'd much rather just take the word of all those people. I mean, I mean, they look like, they look like they're having a lot of fun. And I mean, there's, there's the miracle worker and the pastor, and there's that really famous movie star who said he believed in God. I mean, that's the way to God, right? I mean, they said they believed in God, right? That's, that's, that's how you get there, right? Uh, just read your guidebook. I've got to go. I don't know which way to go. Just to clarify, Oreos are not a part of the road to perdition. <laughs> Just thought we should clear that up before we move into, into the narrow and wide gate thing here. Hey, friends, the path of least resistance is our default setting. Let that seek in for a bit. <clears throat> 
the path of least resistance is our default setting. And it is an outgrowth. That trajectory of operating in life. There are many factors that go into this, but it can at root be an outgrowth of an incorrect internal belief that I am always in the right and I do not deserve to endure anything that is hard. So we operate, (laughs) we operate often from an assumption uh, that it is easier and it is safer to avoid problems and to functionally live in denial of them. (laughs) But as we'll see here today, as Jesus tells us, it's pretty clear, the path of least resistance is a terribly unhealthy way to live. In fact, Jesus himself says this, following in verse 13. He says, enter by the narrow gate. Enter by the narrow gate. Notice he says this at the beginning as a, as a command and also here as a sort of summarizing principle uh, for everything, for everything that follows through the next number of verses. He says this as a command, as a summarizing principle for everything that follows. And he says this narrow gate is an entirely different way to think of one's life. And it's entirely different than we, taught, we are taught as we grow up, than we uh, sort of internalize through relationships we have. It's an entirely different way than the kingdoms of this world and that the way that the kingdoms of this world tempt us to live. He explains this further. Keep reading. Verse 13, enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide, meaning it's large, it's easy to see, and the way is easy that leads to destruction. The wide gate is the easy way, and it leads to destruction, Jesus says, and those who enter by it are many. So not only is uh, the wide gate obviously large and easy to see and easy to follow and leads to destruction, but everybody's going there, it seems like. Lots of people like to go the wide gate way. Hey, check it out. Everybody is headed that direction. Looks like they know where they're going. Clearly, all of those people must understand something I don't, right? So it must be the right way. But verse 14, he says this, for the gate is narrow, it is small, It is not easily noticed. In contrast to the wide gate, this narrow gate requires some effort to actually see. You've got to be looking for it. For the gate is narrow and the way is hard. Hold that for a second there. The way is hard. This is not the path of least resistance, apparently. The narrow gate. The way is hard. That leads to life. True life now, eternal life then. And then he says, and those who find it are few. There are not many on this road. This is not the popular road. So to summarize, before we move on here, and we're going to move through the text pretty quickly for the rest here, uh, the tendency of most in life is to drift toward the easy gate, the wide way. 
But Jesus says this narrow gate, this small gate, the one that's harder to see, the one that, that requires some effort, you've got to climb over some rocks to get there. This narrow gate by which we enter the kingdom of God is found by the few who are looking for it and who stick with what Jesus calls here the hard way. So according to Jesus, there are only two trajectories in life. The wide and narrow gates. And he has presented us here with no third option of sort of this agnostic neutrality. He is saying that in the final analysis, you either choose a kingdom that leads to life or, a ch- or you choose a kingdom that leads to destruction. So how do we know where our life's trajectory is headed? How do we know our life's direction is for that narrow gate? Jesus gives us here three uh, warnings to help us along the way. He says, watch out for these scenarios, he says, because along the way, this narrow way that leads to the kingdom and eternal life, these other ways will tempt us. And there are people to look out for, there are relationships to be careful of. And the first warning is this, verses 15 and 20 here. 15 through 20, the first warning says this, beware of false prophets. A prophet is someone who claims to speak the truth or the word of God. Uh, it's not just a preacher, though um, we should take special care to test anyone who's preaching, to test their words against the rest of Scripture. So beware of false prophets, he says. Beware of fakes who come to you in sheep's clothing. They seem outwardly safe, but inwardly they are actually ravenous wolves, he says. They look good, but they're actually trying to lead you astray for their own purposes. They, they, they're not smoking what they're selling. And there are lots of fakes out there, right? You need to be careful. Test to see if the product they're saying to you that works, works in them. Right? And here's how you spot them. Verse 16. You will recognize them by their fruits. You can distinguish real from fake by watching what their lives produce in the long run. It's like this, Jesus says. Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or or figs from thistles? He's using uh, an example from nature. And of course, the answer to that question is, well, well, no, no. So, Jesus says, in the same way, every healthy tree bears good fruit, but the diseased tree bears bad fruit. Ultimately, the real deal produces real spiritual fruit. On the other hand, the fakes, the wolves in sheep's clothing, not only do not produce spiritual fruit, but they mostly produce worldly fruit. A healthy tree, verse 18, a healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can as a diseased tree bear good fruit. And here's the result, just like the wide and the easy gate, verse 19. The result is every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Ultimate destruction and separation from God in hell is the result. And here in verse 20, 
This is the organizing principle of this section here. He sort of waits to the end here. He says, thus, in this way, you will recognize them by their fruits. He says the same thing at the beginning um, and sort of bookends it here and says, this is the way you recognize those who are trying to pull you from the narrow way to take you to the wide gate. So, So to put this all together, So far, godliness inside a person, which is the Holy Spirit making us new. Godliness is not something we manufacture for ourselves. It's not something we learn uh, from uh, the behaviors, the moralistic sort of guides around us. That doesn't even do it. It's the Holy Spirit inside. So godliness inside a person produces kingdom fruit. But path of least resistance selfishness will ultimately produce worldly fruit. There's a huge difference between those two. And it's the difference, Jesus says, between life and death. So be careful who you follow, who you listen to, because there are fakes who are trying to lead you astray for their own purposes. They are outsiders pretending to be insiders. When when Jesus says in verse 20, when he calls them them there, he's talking about outsiders who are pretending to be insiders. (laughs) Jesus is warning us because here's the thing. If you haven't already gathered, uh, the temptations to go the wide and the easy way are all around us. And they come from unexpected sources who have names and faces Some of them we know. So Jesus says, be careful. Look at verses 21 and following there. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, that's kingdom language there, claiming Lord, Lord. Not everyone who claims outwardly that I am the Lord, Jesus says, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Verbal claims, uh, verbal claims are ultimately proved by kingdom fruit. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, he says, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. The will of the Father, the desire of the Father, First Timothy 2, uh, the desire of the Father is that all should be saved and that their lives would prove it, show it, demonstrate it. Uh, that's not like saying that their lives would show that they are perfectly ready and capable of being uh, welcomed into the narrow gate. Jesus is the gate, he says in another place. He is that door. This is like he talked about producing fruit in the previous section. And saying Jesus, Jesus is Lord is only ultimately proved by the production of the Holy Spirit making us new coming out in our lives. So just saying Lord doesn't, doesn't do it. He continues in verse 22. He says, those claim on that day in the final analysis, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? Did we not cast out demons in your name? Do many mighty works? I said this. I did that. I led the Bible study. I wore the t-shirt. I I went under the water. I mean, I did all the stuff they said that I was supposed to do to be one of them. (laughs) But apparently, friends, in God's economy, according to Jesus, Doing all these things as a means to the end of our selfish purposes to build our kingdom can be done. You can do that. (laughs) Apparently, friends, Jesus is saying that we can do all those things 
on the outside and say the right words and know the Jesus language and put the bumper stickers on our car as a means to an end of building up our selfish kingdoms, which means we will end up going through the wide gate and not the narrow. He says, for those, then I will declare to them, verse 23, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. Notice again, the ultimate result in the wide gate is destruction. Uh, The warnings continue in this last section here, 24 and following. It says, everyone then who hears these words of mine, Jesus speaking, and does them, produces fruit in keeping with repentance. Everyone who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. Listen to me, Jesus says. Listen to me. Live these words and your house will last when life gets hard. Look at verse 25. The rain fell, the floods came, the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock, on the rock of Jesus' claims. You can build your house, your life, on the rock of Jesus' claims, or you can build it on the sands of the world's easy path of least resistance methods. Those are the options. Everyone, verse 26, who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. That's the wide gate. That's the the easy way. The rain fell when life gets hard and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell and great was the fall of it. The result again here is destruction for those whose lives are on this wide gate path, that path of least resistance. This matters, friends. This matters, friends, because the temptations will come. Meaning, meaning the hardships of life will tempt us toward the path of least resistance. The hardships of life will tempt us toward Self-protection. For some of us here today, perhaps, if you are skeptical about this whole Jesus thing, uh, you may think all this is crazy talk. (laughs) Uh, And in a sense it is. Uh, You see, path of resistance living is an easy path to follow. That's available to us as an option, quite honestly. It's a tempting path to follow. So if, you, if you're looking for the least resistance path, uh, let me give you some pointers along the way. Uh, when the preacher says to deny yourself, uh, to take up your cross, uh, to give to something larger than you, um, to put in the time and the effort to do something that is not about you, but that is about the whole or the kingdom of God, When the preacher says to deny yourself, just explain it away as him being a a clueless idiot who doesn't really know how things work in the world. Right? I mean, this is this is just sort of it's nice theory, but it doesn't actually work for me when I get into uh, Monday through Saturday, Scott. He's just he's just like the rest of those who 
just want me to give to his cause. <laughs> He's not actually interested in my good anyway, as if I'm just here uh, wanting something from you, but not for you. Friends, <laughs> friends, the path of least resistance is available to you. Go ahead, believe that I'm saying this only because I want something from you. Go ahead and give in that temptation for least resistance living. Uh, but consider yourself warned by Jesus' words here. If the path of least resistance is, is really what you're looking for, then when your spouse is trying to tell you for what is easily the 3,000th time uh, that you have a problem with blank, then by all means, shift the blame away. Pretend it's not a real issue. Call that spouse <laughs> crazy in your head and just move on with life. Just move on. Because that works well, right? That, that works really well. <laughs> when you're called to, to steward something well, uh, maybe if you're called to be a leader of a, of a group, life group, small group, family, somebody at work, a group of people underneath you at work, uh, when you're having a rough time as a leader, by all means, if the path of least resistance is what you're going for, just give up and allow yourself to be led by the unhealthiness of those around you. That's a good path. That's a good path. If indeed, if indeed you're headed for the wide gate, and that's your goal. Friends, the inner God of self never seems to send a prophet to challenge us to go toward the narrow gate. This is just Jesus here. The inner God of self never seems to send a prophet to challenge us toward the narrow gate. Which is why we have to sit under the authority of the words of Jesus. He tells us who we are and how this works. Because he made us. Because he's creator. Because he's king of all. If you are willing to follow the hard path, friends, the one that goes to the narrow gate, then take Jesus at his word and deny yourself. Learn to deny yourself. When you begin that difficult process, you, you begin to take steps that are trajectory of having eyes to see that narrow gate. Friends, Jesus himself was the example for this. <laughs> he says to his followers later in Matthew in uh, chapter 16, he said, if anyone would come after me, meaning if anybody would follow me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, meaning die to self, and follow me. Follow me to the cross where we die And we are raised to new life as he is. And he warns in that same passage, whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. But he says, those who seek to have this life now will end up losing it. The way of Jesus, the way of the kingdom, the way to be a part of it is self-sacrifice. So choose today, friends, a trajectory of denying self. Then you will learn what it means to pick up the cross of Christ 
you'll begin to understand what entry into the kingdom by way of the narrow gate really involves. In just a moment, we're going to pray together and uh, we're going to invite you to take uh, a step toward entering by the narrow gate. We're going to sing a song together. And when we sing that song, we're going to invite you to respond, um, to take that step toward a narrow gate in whatever way is appropriate for you. Um, Because many of us are in different places in our walk with God in this room. Maybe today is a day where you identify with Christ in baptism, which is to say, I take up the cross by which I die to self going under the waters to be raised in new life in Christ, which is to be resurrected spiritually and to take a step toward that narrow gate. Maybe you've already done that. Maybe you're a baptized believer in Christ. Maybe your step is to commit to the church as a member. Part of denying Self is to understand that what we do here is much bigger than me and than you as an individual. This is a corporate thing where we are a part of a whole. That's how we understand who we really are in the first place and why God created us. That's part of a humility to a larger group that has a mission that's about God's glory. That's how we learn to be a part of the kingdom of God. So we say commit to the church as a member with an understanding that you're a piece of the whole. And that whole is about the glory of God. Finally, maybe you're not sure what your relationship with God is. Uh, Maybe you're not sure what a step of faith for you and taking up your cross and denying self looks like. Um, We'd love to have a conversation with you. We'd love to pray with you. Um, Perhaps you um, have some promptings from God to to, to take a step, but you're not sure what that looks like or or what that might mean for you. Uh, We'd love to have a conversation with you. Uh, Maybe you need uh, to be praying with someone. Uh, The body of Christ here at First Christian, we want to be with you in those struggles and hurts and pains of life. Uh, And so we want to pray with you. Uh, We have folks who will be ready for that uh, in the care room just outside those doors. Um, And so as we stand to sing in just a moment after we pray, um, we'd invite you to that. So let's go ahead and pray, and then we'll stand and sing together. Father in heaven, we are so grateful that you did not choose the path of least resistance. And we acknowledge that it is because you chose the hard way that we have available to us a forever relationship with you. We love you for that, Lord. For in that process of sacrificing yourself so that we would know righteousness that you've given to us, that you've put on our account, through that process, Lord, we recognize that you're a king who gave up everything that you deserve so that we would have it. You tell us in your word, Lord, that you gave us spiritual riches, heavenly blessings, white robes of righteousness, that you give us a crown. Father, you've made us your sons and daughters in ways that mean that uh, we get to share in your glory and in your perfections. Not, Lord, because we've earned them, but because your will is that we would have a relationship with you and you've graciously given us what we didn't deserve. 
So Father, make of us men and women who step into hard things, who deny self so that we would have eyes to see the narrow gate. Lord, teach us that the counterintuitive truth that joy comes through following you to the cross is one that isn't just a someday reality, but that in the here and now, we can make decisions and live in ways uh, that not only bring us joy, but that bring you glory as we deny ourselves and follow you. Continue to teach us, Lord, what that life looks like. In the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Let's stand and sing together.